This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today's topic is how this new fiduciary rule impacts you. Today I have with me Kelsey Banke. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you, Mary. So some of you have probably heard things in the news, and some of you this might be new to. But there was a new law that went into effect on June 9th, and it was kind of labeled as the fiduciary rule. And there's a lot of confusion out there with investors as to what this even means and how it impacts them and why is being a fiduciary such a big deal and what's happening with it. So we're going to address some of those questions today and talk a little bit about what this means to you, because ultimately you as the investor is who we need to understand how it's impacting you. All right. So What is a fiduciary? A fiduciary is an advisor who, for compensation, makes a recommendation to an IRA or a plan participant in a retirement plan as to how the assets should be invested, how they should be managed, or with respect to a rollover from a plan or an IRA. That is the textbook definition of what a fiduciary is. And the whole issue surrounding this rule is that financial advisors should be fiduciaries who act in their client's best interest. I think that's a great idea. Sounds good to me. I think acting in your client's best interest is absolutely what financial advisors should be doing. (laughs) What's amazing is how many financial advisors don't follow that fiduciary standard. And that's why this rule has come about. So from a standpoint of is your advisor a fiduciary, I will tell you that going forward, if you have an IRA, the answer is yes, (laughs) because now everybody has to be a fiduciary, right? So the thing about being the fiduciary is it's confusing as to what that means for people. Kelsey, have you had a lot of people question you as they've come in about whether we are fiduciaries or what that even means? Oh, yes. It's starting to be a real hot topic um, with people that I'm talking with. And the nice thing is, is I can answer, yes, we are fiduciaries and we have been for a long time. (laughs) So this is not new to us. Right. Anybody that is a certified financial planner, a CFP, they have generally followed a financial or or fiduciary standpoint. Um, And that is something that um, is part of working with someone and holding yourself out as a CFP. So in our office with being a CFP, we have approached um, things from a fiduciary standpoint for quite a while. But the, the thing about being a fiduciary is the new rule affects anyone that has an IRA or is part of a retirement plan. Okay, and there's three things that the advisors have to do, and it's going to sound like it makes sense, make it makes complete sense. But what's happening is there's some unintended consequences of these rules that we want to talk about because these are likely to impact our listeners out there. Okay, so as a fiduciary, your advisor is supposed to provide you with investment advice with care, skill, prudence and diligence of a prudent person. That seems very subjective. (laughs) Like, who's making the rules on what those words even mean? There's a lot of gray in there. (laughs) And that's why, you know, this this has been out there that they said they're going to come down with this rule for 
years going on two three years at least that I can think of and it's taken that long for them to come up with what we have today Mm -hmm. and we're still trying to figure a lot of this out because there is so much gray so hopefully we can get a little bit more clarity here so the definition of people becoming a fiduciary all advisors having to become fiduciaries for their clients went into effect on June the 9th, right? So this is fairly new. But it basically says your advice is going to be based on investment objectives, risk tolerance, financial circumstances and needs without regard to the financial or other interests of the advisor. And so what they're trying to do is make sure that an advisor is not going to recommend a product to someone just because they get paid more by product company A than product company B. I think that's a great idea. I think it's fantastic to take out the incentive to do business with one company over the other company because there's something in it for the advisor. I think that's a huge conflict of interest that has been out there. And I welcome the idea of making sure that there is no conflict, that the advice is always based on what's best for the client. Um, As a fiduciary, your advisor will also make sure they avoid any misleading information. (laughs) I kind of thought that was a given. (laughs) I did too. I I was really shocked to see that in there, but I guess we have to state the obvious for some people. Um, and, and I think the misleading information, it's its making sure you're con- you're also providing complete information because sometimes, and, and I've heard some horror stories from people that have come in from other places that they didn't know certain details of programs they were getting involved with. Right. And if, if that was not disclosed to you and it was an important big part of the program, that's misleading in not providing that. So I guess it's just making sure everybody's providing accurate and complete information, which seems like we shouldn't have to state that, but uh, we do at this point. So the other thing that the new definition says is that your financial advisor has to get reasonable compensation. And there's a couple different ways that compensation happens inside the financial industry. There's either fees or there's commissions. Okay. Fees are pretty obvious because a fee is going to be a stated percent of whatever it is they're managing, or it's going to be a stated dollar amount per year, right? And the fees can come in many different layers. There's the fees your advisors charge. There's the fees the companies charge. If you're using mutual funds or ETFs, there's the fees that those companies charge. So there can be layers of fees. And the idea here really is to give Um, disclosure about what your actual expenses and fees are so you know what they are, but to also have it be that the fee is the same no matter what you're investing in, in order to make sure that nobody's getting compensated for choosing, again, company A over company B. Now, commissions are a whole different thing. And someone can be a fiduciary and still make a commission on a product that they put you in. And I want to be really clear when I say this. There are certain times when it's absolutely in your best interest to utilize a product that does pay a commission rather than a fee. And the reason I say that is because there are products out there that are only fee-based There are products out there that are only commission-based, and someone who has access and the ability to utilize any of them can really design a strategy that's best for the client versus just what's in the the regime of what they can do, only fee-based or only commission-based, right? So being able to use all of the different tools out there in the industry to set up a strategy for someone, for yourself, for your retirement, whatever is out there at your disposal that you can choose from being able to have that flexibility, I think, is important. 
And that means that sometimes you're going to be paying a fee and sometimes you're going to be paying a commission. Okay. But the thing about it is if you're going to be going into something that is an IRA or a retirement plan of any type going forward, you are probably going to have to sign some additional disclosure that says that it might be an exemption to your best interest if you know that there's a commission being paid on it. It's kind of funny. But the bottom line is there's just a lot more disclosure that's coming. When I say that, here's what I want to make sure I'm communicating. New accounts that are IRAs right now, if you're going into a fee-based account, you might have over 100 pages of disclosure. (laughs) And that doesn't even count the prospectuses of any of the funds or ETFs that you're going into. (laughs) Oh, which those are my favorite reading material, Mary. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you know how a lot of you who are listening, when you bought a mutual fund or you bought an ETF, you probably got a prospectus or you should have gotten one. And it's supposed to be for your benefit, right? To disclose everything that you might need to know in order to feel comfortable buying that fund. But what I know about most investors is that most of them don't ever actually read all of that. And now in order to even open the account, you're going to have another hundred plus pages of disclosure that has to be given, right? So the truth of it is, in my humble opinion, is that the crazy amount of disclosure that we're giving to people is still going to be having often overlooked pieces into it. But that's what the rule is designed to protect against is making sure that there's an environment where all investment advice for your retirement accounts is provided in your best interest. It's just kind of crazy that it's going to take 100 pages of disclosure (laughs) to define what that means. Sometimes I think the the government is in cahoots with the paper industry. (laughs) I think you're right. I don't know. Just just a conspiracy (laughs) I have in my mind. All right. So who is enforcing this rule? That's one of the questions that we get. And the rule has come down from the DOL, the Department of Labor. There was kind of an obscure provision that gave the DOL the oversight to um, make rules as related to ERISA retirement plans. And ERISA is employer retired um, plans, but now they've included IRAs inside of that definition. So that's one of the new things about this. So if you have an IRA, this is going to affect you, okay? And if you have an IRA that you already have, then going forward, any new deposits that you make is gonna be affected. If you have an IRA that you're gonna roll over more money into from a 401k, it's gonna affect you there too. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about how the new fiduciary rule impacts you. We've talked about how the people who are affected by it are IRA owners or basically anyone that is involved in any type of retirement plan. Okay. Now, what I want to be clear on is it doesn't mean that you have to go out and change anything that you are doing. I'm just saying that anything that you do going forward is going to be subject to these new rules, new disclosures, new products that are available and things like that. So um, before I forget to say this, I just wanted to let our listeners know, though, that we have a fun time that you can connect in with us. So if you have more questions about this fiduciary rule, you can come talk to us about it. I'm going to be doing a book signing at Barnes & Noble in Sioux City, Iowa on July the 8th from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock. So if you haven't picked up a copy of my new book, 
ready to pull the retirement trigger yet, then stop on out at Barnes & Noble between 1 and 3 on July the 8th and pick up your copy and then just hang out and have coffee with us. We'll uh, buy a cup of coffee and we can chit chat about what you've got going on and about questions you might have about that fiduciary rule. We'd love to have you come out and meet some of you face to face that have been listening for a long time. All right, let's talk about some of the unintended consequences of this rule. One of the things that's happening is that in order to comply with the rule, the industry is moving more and more towards working with advisors that are charging a level fee for their services, right? Because if they're charging a level fee for their services, then there isn't any conflict of interest in terms of how much they're making for whatever they recommend that you do, okay? So there is a specific license that you have to have in order to charge a fee. And so anybody that has that license is likely to be able to move forward in this world, but anybody that doesn't have that specific license might be out of business by the 1st of January, okay? Um, If they aren't out of business by the 1st of January, their life is going to be dramatically changed because they have to be giving exemptions. They have to be disclosing to you that what they're recommending is not a fee, it's a commission, and it might not be in your best interest. Kind of crazy, isn't it, Kelsey? Yeah, it's it's definitely going to reshape uh, the industry in a lot of ways. Um, I don't necessarily think they're they're bad. They're just ju- it's just changes, and as, um, as long as you are aware of what the changes are, so that you can be educated on them and make good decisions going forward, then that'll be good. But yeah, people who have done investments, but maybe haven't put investments as the top priority of their business and that kind of advice as the top priority of their business might decide to get out and, right. and stop doing it because it's entering this big new uncharted territory they've never been a part of. And if it's not where they want to put their, the biggest focus of their time, then they, they might decide it's just not worth it to continue down that path. So some of the things that have happened as a result of this rule already is that there are some companies that have stripped their advisors of their abilities to even work with clients. So for instance, State Farm is one of the companies where a lot of their agents did insurance and also did investments. And State Farm, to my understanding, has required that all of their advisors surrender their licenses and they've pulled back all of the investments back to kind of a mothership State Farm um, 800 line where your account is being serviced by a service center instead of the normal relationship that you had anymore. And that's because State Farm didn't feel like they would be able to meet the definitions of a fiduciary with the majority of their sales force. And so um, that's one of the types of things that we're seeing out there is big companies like that making massive changes in what they're doing. We're seeing brokerage houses who are saying that you could only do IRAs with fees. We're seeing some of them say you can still use commissionable products, but only certain ones. So there is going to be a big change happening. And I would venture to say, especially in the mutual fund world. Yeah, the mutual fund world seems to be getting a lot of shakeups on this. And and that's partly because they do have so many different types of mutual funds and types meaning ways that you can um, charge the fees on those. And so they seem to be making lots of different changes, but nobody's really settled on anything quite yet for us to say that there's any kind of consistency. Um, But yeah, the the direct mutual funds 
definitely lots of changes. Yeah. So if you have an IRA that's in mutual funds, you are likely to have already heard some communication from your advisor or from your company. Or if you don't, you're likely to definitely hear it by January 1 when the next set of fiduciary rules comes into play. So here's the thing is that because things are moving towards the fees and because things are moving maybe away from commissionable products or commissionable products available but yet with massive amounts of disclosure, then what's happening is it's becoming more and more difficult for an advisor to work with a client. It's requiring more and more time to make sure that all of the I's are dotted and all of the T's are crossed. But the bottom line is your financial advisor now needs to make sure they're following a process. They need to know you. They need to know what's important to you so they can help make a determination of what is in your best interest to make that recommendation. And there needs to be reasonable compensation for it without any misleading type of advice, right? So what that's doing is it's creating an environment where advisors are increasing the minimums of what they want to work with. So there's a lot of companies that are saying, you know, we can't even work with a client who has less than $50,000 or we can't even work with a client that has less than $250,000 or things like that. And so um, those, the new regulations are creating an environment, in my opinion, where the average Main Street American is going to have less and less access to somebody who is going to give them personal advice. And that is giving rise to something that's called robo-advice. <laughs> what a great name, isn't it? Oh, robo-advice. It just makes me laugh when I hear it. Uh, and it's not, robo-advice robo is fine, but it's it's exactly that. It's robotic. It's not customized. It's not meant just for you. It's just general advice that mm -hmm. would cover a large number of people. Um, and it, it might, that might be an appropriate place to go if you're just getting going and you can't, um, justify the, the expense that it would take to get customized advice. But long-term, the customized advice is where you want to get because every single person is different. Every single's person's starting point and end goal are going to be completely different and finding advice that is completely customized to you and your situation over the course of your career and retirement will always help you in, in the long run. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out with, you know, there, like I said, this rule has been out there and they've been trying to decide on how to, to, uh, finish it out for several years now. So they finally came out June 9th. We're in a, a transition period and a lot of the rules and the changes are going to start shaking out here as people make those decisions at the company levels. Um, and, and hopefully there's not too much, too much damage done in what your options are. But, uh, in, in the long run, fiduciary a fiduciary standard is a good move to make sure that the clients are always protected I would agree with that I mean by by far we want everything to be done in the client's <laughs> best interest it's just kind of shocking that it hasn't been that way by law <laughs> well I mean Mary it's it's that way with everything they make they make rules and it's like what do you mean that's not a, what, well, what people are doing yeah, like I'm yeah. so confused by this you think just common decency would be the norm but we have to have rules to ensure it now so so if you have an advisor who's not a fiduciary, then here's kind of what's going to 
be likely to happen. Let's say you have your IRA or your retirement accounts at some kind of major brokerage house. The person who handles your account might not be a fiduciary. And this can also be true if you don't have a one-on-one relationship with an advisor and you actually, you know, are phoning into a call-in center. Let's just say you want to allocate your IRA contributions or you want to talk to someone about what funds to use or make changes to your investments. Going forward, the people who answer the phone are still going to be able to process your transaction at your um with your direction, but they're not going to be able to help you decide what to do. And that's where it gets tricky because if they're going to make a recommendation, which is helping you decide what to do, then they're entering into the fiduciary role. But a lot of companies are not wanting to take that fiduciary responsibility and liability on. One of the big reasons that people are concerned about this fiduciary rule is because it's limiting access to people. And the reason I'm saying it's limiting access to it is the United Kingdom, um, England, went through a similar rule change to this eight or 10 years ago. And they had new regulations came in, sweeping change. They went from about 250,000 financial advisors in the UK down to about 25,000 after it shook out. Because it was so much more difficult for the advisors to actually do business within the new regulations. And there's a lot of chatter out there that this new fiduciary rule is likely to do the same thing. By all estimates, it probably is going to create a situation or an environment where probably at least a third of the financial advisors out there in the United States now are likely to just say, okay, I'm going to pack it in. I'm going to, I'm not going to try to conform with these new regulations and I'm going to either sell my business or just go out of business. So, you know, there, these are going to impact you. This rule has unintended consequences that you might not be aware of, like your financial advisor might no longer be there. And if that happens, it means you need to find a new one. And what you want to look for is someone who, who is talking about being a fiduciary, someone who has a process in place to make sure they know you, they know your situation and can make good advice for you. And someone who is working within the realms of being able to connect in with both fee and commission-based business and offer you what is in your best interest based on your own unique situation. All right. Well, we hope that's answered some of the questions about the new fiduciary rule and how it impacts you. Come see us at our book signing on July the 8th from 1 to 3 at Barnes & Noble in Sioux City. And uh, thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.